0: Join over 5,000 attendees for the largest AI event in Asia, Super AI in Singapore, February 28th to 29th, 2024. Edward Snowden, Benedict Evans, Balaji Srinivasan and over 150 others will hit the stage, joining the industry's most influential minds to explore and unveil the next wave of transformative AI technologies. Singapore will become a vibrant AI hub for a week from February 26 to March 3rd, with over 150 side events that will make for unparalleled networking opportunities. Visit www.realvision.com forward slash for 20% off tickets with the code realvision. Is the Fed done raising rates? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Tony Greer, editor of the Morning Navigator newsletter. Hey there, Tony. How are you?
1: Maggie, what's happening? How are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm recovering from the holiday weekend uh, slowly. It seems like everybody's a little slow, maybe coming back because it was pretty quiet today. We had stocks really kind of hanging unchanged for most of the day. We saw a little bit of a creep higher in the uh, last half hour. So it looks like they're going to end in positive territory. The Dow and the NASDAQ up about a quarter percent with yields moving lower a little bit as well. But, you know, pretty tight ranges all around. What's top of mind for you this week?
1: Um, you know, today there was an interesting comment of, uh, to one of the talking feds said that interest rate, I think Waller said interest rates are likely high enough to bring inflation back to the two, uh, 2% target. Um, and that the economy may be slowing enough to tame inflation, i.e., the Fed may have kneecapped the U.S. economy enough to fix their problem. Um, so I thought that was interesting to see a kind of follow through in yields today, right? That's like the really important takeaway, mm. kind of a big macro day. The stock market's still kind of waking up, like you said, from that tryptophan tryptophan slumber. Um, and so the big rotation in the stock market that goes nowhere. Um, but, you know, the, the move today was in the dollar and, and in yields, and that's just a continuation of um, the date that will live in infamy of last November, quite honestly. of uh, November 14th, excuse me, when we got that CPI number that came out in line and the markets absolutely freaked out with 17 sectors having two sigma breakouts and the S&P just cutting loose for the le- next leg of the rally. So that's, that's, you know, what we've seen in general.
0: Yeah. So um so there're two two days in my mind though because you know we've talked about the fact that you were on November 1st and sort of t- giving us a sense that sentiment felt like it was looking for something and then we got that major comp- and we and we'd already started moving and then we got that major crazy day when you were on with us again as it turns out. I'm wondering how you feel about, or what are you seeing in the market right now? Because we did come a, a long way in a short time. We know there are a lot of people that kind of hate this rally because maybe they missed it again, you know, um, because it was so fast. What what, do, what are you seeing out there? What is it? Where does it seem like sentiment sitting right now?
1: Well, it's definitely switched from negative to positive. That's for sure, right? The AAII bulls index on Bloomberg has recovered to towards the, the highs of just, you know, not extreme bullishness, but definite clear bullishness. Um, I know the Fiat CNN fear and greed index, which seemed like it was broken for a little while, stuck on fear. I think the guy might've fallen asleep at the wheel and forgot to update that thing or something. But now it's back into the, you know, positive levels of greed, which you would expect after a 10% rally in four weeks. Right. So yeah. we've got the say, you know, the the trades are going on the board, right? The the longs are piling in. It's definitely happening. CTAs have definitely shifted toward long positioning. So now we're in a situation where we've got some long positioning and we've got some positive sentiment. um, But we definitely don't have the sort of, um, you know, runaway performance chasing phase of the markets yet. So there may be a situation where the markets dip now, but I have a feeling that like myself, there's a lot of people on the sidelines that are like, okay, that thing just went 10% in four weeks. I totally missed it. The next dip I'm in, yeah. you know? And so I think that's probably a fairly po- a fairly popular idea. I mean, geez, you know, if people are looking to trade this market and make money between now and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, they better have that attitude i have a feeling so that's what i feel like we're set up for we've got seasonality tailwinds in the stock market even though the stocks are doing nothing today that's kind of not not too shocking mm. um but in general there's still breakouts to be traded right today gold miners big 2 sigma breakout in the new york times zone gold closes 20 20- 41 bid, you know, the highest price we've seen in a while. Now we're 50 bucks away from a big breakout, like a huge breakout in gold.
0: Wait, so so I think you sent a chart over on that. So that's interesting because I think you're right. Everyone was like, I damn it, I missed the rally and they're really glued to stocks. We've been getting questions about gold. So is that is that so it's it's sitting really close to important levels?
1: Yeah, yeah. Gold, you know, gold gold breaks through 2100. You know, that's been the sort of triple top that has been failing and failing and failing. See how I did that? Um, And it looks like if it, you know, breaks this time, there's like a huge cup and handle pattern near the top now that, you know, a breakup of that, a breakout from that sort of uh, cup there uh, handle means that, you know, an extensive run of a breakout that we've seen, you know, hundreds of times with that pattern. So that's really interesting. Um, you know the move in gold miners today is interesting. There are one, two, three, four, you know four major gold miners with two sigma r- rallies today. you know, so that the, the, these are the trades that the market's giving you. There's pretty much telegraphing what's going on in rates and what's going on in the dollar. Dollar closes at a new low today, dollar yen breaking down below another moving average to 147.
0: You know, this is a really important point. And I know you and I have talked about it, but this is a this is not a market where you can set and forget. I think this is where um, you have to be really cognizant, as you've been pointing out to us, to be looking for the market and trying to pay attention to the signals it's giving you and where the opportunity is. Because things are moving. I mean, it was volatile and people are getting their heads ripped off for a lot of the year, but there's still a lot going on that you really need to pay attention to. You really need to be nimble in this market.
1: Yeah, true. And, and, and Maggie, while I think, um, you know, I kind of agree that it's n- nothing's ever set and forget for me, you know, like I'm, you always want to make good sales when you're long something and you always want to make try to make good purchases when you're getting into something. And so there's always that tactical trading about the markets but for the first time in a while i've had the s p on my view matrix um as just being long the s p because Mm. like and, and we went on um i think i believe i added that actually on november 14th because that move was so convincing to me when you see 17 sectors pick up and respond to the macro gyrations that took place that day to me that's a little bit and not entirely but a little bit of a signal that it's like whoa this is like asset class up and to the right mm. now and i'm not really smart enough to pick exactly which sector is going to lead it might be tech but everybody's long that it might be energy but that doesn't seem to be going anywhere you know like i'm trying to i don't know which it's going to be so i just buy the whole thing as a basket and for this moment in time i feel like that's a good a good trade to have on the pad to let it ride for a little while
0: Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. We did get a question. Let me see if I can find it. I usually do them a little bit later. But um, (laughs) David David asking, what does Tony think of the Magnificent Seven and the Clash song?
1: (laughs) I love it one of my absolute favorite Clash songs for sure. I mean, it's not Rock the Casbah which has a special part of my life, but Magnificent 7 has a very very cool groove to it, right?
0: I love it. Um are you so so I think David though when it comes to Magnificent 7, based on what you're just saying Tony, you're like, "Listen, you know, and this is where I this is where sentiment gets tricky because there are people that just feel like those doctors overvalued, they hate chasing them. We just saw Amazon say that they've come out with a new AI tool today and, you know, is this a retail company anymore? Is this a Cloud, which had been for a long time, and generative AI company—that was one of the headlines. So it's kind of tough to know what to do. It sounds like you're saying, "Listen, not sure who's going to win, so I'm going broad." The S and P 500, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I, I like you know. Similarly, I don't want to just be um, piling into the Mag Seven, and I know we were just riffing on the Clash song there, but just to mention them for a moment, like you know, sure, they're driving the market. At least if I get long the S&P now, I get a little bit of exposure to that, right? Where I'm really not been mm-hmm. a chaser for that, but I look at the conditions in the world right now and in the macro world, and I'm like, man, the conditions are pretty good for the MAG-7. I mean, they were doing all that buying with for a good reason, and it looks like they're going to be right on this, at least for a run. You know, there may be a hot potato moment for it when, you know, things back off. But in general, it feels like those names and the whole AI... Like you just said, like you just pointed out very astutely, that's the sort of theme that kind of, you know, is kind of bubbling at the forefront of the tech markets and kind of driving it every day to something new and quite honestly more exciting to me. I mean, my my eyes crossed, glaze over trying to keep up with it. And I haven't felt like that since, you know, the tech boom back in like the mid-90s. So I think that's kind of cool to see how that's going to drive the tape. And if that's going to drive the tape and you've got a hold of the S&P, then you're going to do just fine.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. There's a time when the, the that works, you know. Um, and by the way, that that we were spending an enormous amount of time AI on AI for this very reason because, you know, in order to figure it all out, we need to understand what's behind it. Um, when it comes to the Nasdaq, just want to play a clip from Ral. He recently spoke uh, on um I, I don't know if I have this name right actually. Who did he catch up? Ari. I think Ari Paul. Yeah, Ari Paul. And um they talked about really The macro cycle, but interestingly, how it's affecting both the NASDAQ and crypto. Let's have a listen, and then we'll talk on the other side.
2: So where are we in the macro cycle? Well, everything went down a lot last year. That usually is the indicator that the markets saw a recession and economic weakness. We had high inflation. That is all behind us. The markets mainly are now being driven by liquidity cycles. That's the dominant force of all Assets now that never used to be the case, but it is super dominant because the world reset interest rates in 2008. Everybody had basically a debt jubilee, which was we'll forgive all interest payments and make them zero. Everybody reset their debts in this three to five year time horizon. So we've now got this rolling four year cycle that we're all sucked in the NASDAQ, crypto, everything. So that's the cycle we're in. So where are we in that cycle? Well, most of that was priced in last year. So we're in what's known as crypto spring or macro spring. Crypto spring, macro spring is like spring. One day it's rainy, one day it's sunny, then there's a frost, then it's really hot. You can't really figure it out. But when you look back, the weather's got better every day. You look back and you look at Bitcoin's up 70%, ETH's up 35 or so, Solana's up 140. It's like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's spring. So, to drive macro or crypto spring to macro crypto summer, which is what we actually care about, um, what you need is more liquidity and a recovering economy. So my forward looking indicators in terms of economic growth have all turned higher. So we're in the the kind of latter stage of the economic slowdown. Also forward looking indicators suggest inflation falls quite dramatically, unemployment rises a bit, giving the federal reserve and every central bank around the world a chance to lower rates. Whether it goes back down to the lows or at a different level, who knows, doesn't really matter. It's the rate of change that's going to matter and liquidity will come in to the cycle as well.
0: That full interview is on our website, as well as the new Crypto Academy, which we developed to help everyone wrap your head around this relationship between macro and crypto, which Rao was just touching on there. If you haven't checked it out, um, take advantage of our holiday sale, 50% off. They extended it through today, 50% off all memberships and upgrades. So jump on that, folks. Um, Tony, wanted to ask you about bonds, but you just said to me in the clip that um, there's news just crossing that Charlie Munger, the investing uh, giant, Warren Buffett's partner, just died at age 99. We were all commenting lately, um, and he was on. He was on talking to someone not that long ago. Extraordinary that he was working right up till that time. It's crazy. It's
1: huge, tremendous.
0: Yeah. Um, so wanted to talk to you about bonds. So this is interesting. And, and, you know, Rao has been sort of against consensus with his thoughts that he was expressing there about the fact that the recession that everybody's kind of now expecting, you know, Rao has this view that a lot of it was priced in, or there were pockets of it happening. So his, his little, um, outside the consensus, I think it's fair to say. Um, but the bond trade, I'm wondering how you're feeling about bonds here. The bond trade was one of the most painful things again this year for people. There were a couple periods where, you know, people just got the timing wrong. It was just, it's been brutal. You know, there's been a lot of volatility in treasuries in a way we haven't seen. Um, we've seen this big drop. We talked about the stock rally just now, but we've seen this big reversal in yields. I mean, a lot of it is based on this idea that we started, the question we started at the top of the show with, is the Fed done hiking? How are, you, how are you thinking about bond yields here?
1: Well, I'm trying not to think about them because they're telling a great story all by themselves. You know, Maggie, since we've got that day, since, since the report on November 14th, there, we've been getting a clear message from the bond market, which is the Fed is done. You know, it just looks like that's what the bond market is telling us. You know, twos have finally come down, tens are under the 100 day moving average as of today. That trend, that means those are signals that the trend is changing, undeniably, right? So when the bond market sends signals that clearly that the trend is changing, I don't think anything. I just sit up in my chair and decide how fast I can drive the bus, you know, and because that's, I feel like that's what the market's giving us the chance to do. You know, I mean, the S&P, 10% in four weeks, got that message loud and clear. That was as rates came off the peak to where they are now. Positioning has changed. Sentiment has changed. The whole thing, you know, the gears are moving for a tactical trade higher. There's going to be an ebb and flow to this trade. But this trade is on like Donkey Kong into the end of the year, if you ask me. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it looks to me like, you know, Jared Dillian, you know, has kind of circled the sentiment bubble in bonds at the lows um, As of now, the lows are still in on the day that we got the two tweets from Bill Ackman and Bill Gross, mm-hmm. which is just unbelievable to me. But after that, we got the reaction to that benign economic uh, CPI number when everything just exploded and the stock market yields collapsed, dollar collapsed, and that was a watershed day that the market is still reverberating through. Yeah. So, yeah, and so if that's, you know, if you're looking for, Markets telling you what's going on and giving you evidence evidence-based moves that you can look at and circle of large magnitude and say, "I understand that. I've got that. This is what's going on on the screens right now, yeah.
0: you 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 just said something really important, I think, because you you d- we did see and it and it was absolutely, again, you know as as you talked about with us through the beginning of the month, We had that uh, the day on the 14th, and you really underlined for everyone just how powerful and important it was and why you were paying such close attention to it. But I feel like people are sort of, some people are conditioned to think when you get a big move like that, then there is an absolute snapback in the other direction. Because we, to be fair, we did see some of that earlier this year, but it's not always the way, right? You you just said there's going to be some reverberations or. You know, digestion of this. But it's not that um, you can't have smaller moves. You're talking about this sort of bigger trend move right now.
1: A little bit. Yeah. You know, we've just seen what's interesting, Maggie. We've just seen a couple of the uh, big banks pivot to, you know, more bullish, more uh, higher target S&P targets for mm-hmm. the end of the year and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's the kind of thing where people have to acknowledge that the trauma The market went through while rates went from zero and a quarter to 550 fed funds is over right and we just we we have the the tire marks are all over the tape of what the s p did while the market was adjusting to that treacherous move in yields and it looks like the market is coming out of it breaking ranges you know there are breakouts to be traded there's a little bit of follow through the s p looks good the big names look good And we're in a period where the S and P can and should rally because of those things, the market atmosphere right now. And of course there's going to be ebb and flow to it, but it's hard to find better places for your money than stocks.
0: I love the way you said that. Okay. So let's get some questions. Uh, and the ebb and flow is important to, to, I think, underscore, uh, let's see. Okay. Steve asking what's your outlook for oil over the next three months? We have an OPEC plus meeting tomorrow
1: yeah it's been uh it's been there's been a big pullback right i I don't really have a strong view on the commodity. i feel like not anymore, you know, like I was bullish at the highs and managed to get out on the way down with my life and everything like that as usual, which is like marching orders here at t g macro. so we live to trade another day. The view here is sort of. I don't know the market feels like it likes these prices you know somewhere between 75 and 80 there's a lot of jostling going on between there but gas prices have come off and and seem to want to stabilize diesel prices came off everything adjusted and now you're seeing kind of the crack spreads pick up again which are kind of good signs for the stocks and for the refiners and positive signals for the market so i'm not really bullish the oil price i think the stocks are going to survive this. And, you know, if there's a move either way in oil, like $10 either way, maybe I'll get interested. But right now I have no idea where that's gonna be.
0: We're gonna take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. j and J, I I think asking something very similar, I just wanna make sure we didn't miss anything. What did you think of Nat gas breaking down?
1: You know, same thing. You know, it, the 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 scenario is not set for natural natural gas to take off on a low inventory scarcity, you know, cold weather driven type of explosion. You know, there's there was another failed attempt at a breakout. The thing falls back down below three bucks again in a couple of days' move, and it's all over. All the longs get washed out, and we'll see what happens next.
0: Uh, let's see. And I I, I didn't ask. Uh, uh the rest of that, JJ, because I think he just talked about oil and crack spreads and stuff like that. So um in the energy space, AJ asking about rig producers, um, just similar to to the fact that you don't feel strongly in oil or or do you have something anything different? To say about rig producers, Tony
1: rig producer like exploration oil producers. I, I think or? that's what
0: he means. Um, AJ, you may have to be more specific, but I'm assuming he means yeah. Let's
1: say yeah. I mean, I'll so I'll talk about EMP stocks, oil services stocks. I'm 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 fairly constructive. One of the reasons that I got even more constructive on that space recently, Maggie, is the way that the stocks withstood the sell off in oil. You know, there was a hmm. practically almost a 20 percent pullback. I think it might have been 20 percent from peak to trough. In oil and energy stocks backed off like eight and a half nine percent. You know, not not that it had to be congruous, but their move was certainly no breakdown. Technically, the way oil broke down technically, and the the bulls had to throw in the towel. You know, in energy, we're still in this big giant range along the highs where you know it feels like the risk is to the upside. You know, after seeing the jaws of flow. Of this year, the way they panned out, and everybody flowed money into technology and everybody flowed money right out of energy. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting to see, you know, that the, the chances are lined up for that sector to survive, if it's fair to say, you know, having just a slight pullback with oil going from 95 to 75. So I felt like that was a sign of strength. And I may look to buy those on a dip or something like that, but it's just kind of a continuation of staying bullish in those stocks that are set up for success, quite honestly. Given the dynamics of the physical oil markets right now, they're merchants in the trade, and the gasoline demand is cooking. So, uh,
0: G. Blackburn asking, "What drives the next move in industrial metals?"
1: You know, XME has been in a range and a very obvious range. If you're following the sector, I kind of threw in the towel. I am, I am so bored with base metals that I can't even I can't even talk about them. And so I I literally, I've left them for dead. I won't discuss them at cocktail parties um, (laughs) or at dinners. Absolutely not on the table. Um, Just because we came out of a scenario that was so bullish for copper and and specialty metals and base metals and industrial miners. And we were supposed to take, you know, inventories were nowhere. And we're supposed to have bigger drawdowns and huge demand for the pivot to electric vehicles. And they talked about how much copper we were going to need for that. And what did the price do? It fell on its face while inventories built to like ridiculous levels sent the spreads into contango. And there's no copper trade to be had for miles. Yeah. For miles. So, you know, maybe that's the sign where, you know, people leave it for dead. I mean, I've certainly left it for dead. When trade leaves the sector for dead, that's usually when it kind of wakes up and creeps up on everybody. So maybe now it'll reverse, but it looks like it just reversed to where we are now, where it's got no upside teeth at all. And it's yeah. not like breaking moving averages and having large magnitude extensions and doing things that copper is capable of. It's just bumbling around in the moving averages.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Copper has not been kind. Um, Mish also, who who looks at a, a lot of metals all the time, Mish Nardi, who was on with us, also is like, copper was the one thing that she was like, mm. So it's, it's, uh, that's a tough one right now. Um, Oliver is asking, are you buying anything crypto related?
1: I like crypto, Oliver. I I haven't really changed or adjusted my position, but I did add it to the bullish side of my radar screen. Um, I'm going to directly hat tip Brent Donnelly for kind of, you know, I'll tell you about the conversation in my head on crypto was that I'm watching this thing go up and I'm kind of getting interested because I'm bullish and I don't like what's going on with central banks. And there's all kinds of stories of bullish gold where you can be bullish gold and bullish crypto. And then Brent Donnelly made a great, great point about, you know, the Sam Bankman freed albatross has been released Mm -hmm. from the crypto around the crypto market's neck, right? That was like a nice cleaning out of a giant scammer. Everybody sits up in their chair now and is on the lookout for other scammers probably a big step in cleaning the industry up. And it corresponds with a great move in the chart, you know? And so that's a narrative that I can go along with and be like, yeah, you know, this thing just withstood, you know, a battering for months. Yeah.
0: And the Binance you know? things kind of wrapped up. We talked about that last week and uh, Noel uh, Ashton also pointed out that it's good because it's behind it now, you know, you're like cleaning up and and just putting, putting a box uh, down on some of that, the lid down on some of that sort of mess, um, which will allow people to sort of focus on the future. So interesting. I didn't realize Brent had said that as well, but that's a really interesting perspective.
1: Yeah, we call it, now we call it trading Bitcoin PBF, which is post-Bankman-Fried.
0: Oh, I like that. All right, yeah, you heard it. Yeah, PBF, definitely. I like that.
1: I'm going to trademark that up and make some t-shirts.
0: Exactly. Oh, that's right, well, then we should merch those t-shirts. I feel like in addition to the in addition to the Donkey Kong, every time you come on, I feel like we get a t-shirt. Uh,
1: yeah, good boy. Clip
0: out of you, Tony. You can <laughs> you have your own stall in the Real Vision yeah. store, for sure.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: Um, Better than
1: in the Real Vision bathroom.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the graffiti that might exist in the metaverse. I haven't been there in a little while. I don't know. I have to find out. Um, I knew we would get this surprise. I didn't see earlier. Any view on the uranium trade, which seems unstoppable? This is from Trillion X.
1: When the sector that you love and you're long is breaking out and trading at new highs, you don't talk about the sector. <laughs> Now, I'm going to make an exception because we're on live television here and it's really important. But, you know, this is what the, the late comer, or maybe not late, we'll see. You know, the the semi-late comer bulls to the sector are excited about because this is the period where there's no uranium around and the utilities are just gonna to have to pay the offer to buy it and keep the power generation going, which I think that they're gonna do. So, you know, we it's set up to be. Pretty steep rally, quite honestly, until we find a price where supply shows up. And so, the flywheel is turning. Stocks are doing well. The miners are breaking out, and generally, um, with with this, with a view that we're bullish, this and kind of trying to stay long. I try not to talk about it too much.
0: That is. That that speaks volumes, I think, Charlie Next, right there. <laughs> and thank you for answering it a little bit, Tony, um, sure. because usually Tony will talk about just about everything. So I think that tells you how he feels about it. By the way, getting a lot of love and respect for um, Charlie Hunger in the chat here. I know a lot of you have watched over the years, and I think Ralph summed it up really nicely. He's a national treasure and basically the guy who said things Buffett likely agreed with or sympathized with, but didn't want to say. So, um, he was a truth teller, even if it didn't make him popular. But, uh, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, Tony, I kind of feel like the Warren Buffett's and Charlie Munger's, I'm not sure we're going to see that again. I feel like that's the sort of end of an era.
1: Oh, you're not going to see that again. Somebody with that, um. Era band of experience, watching markets and their evolution, and being successful and surviving through them. I mean that kind of a that kind of a dinosaur is being buried, you know, as we speak. You know, and it's just going to be a new type of, you know, trading um, sort of master of the universe that that grows out of these types of markets. You know, there's probably more crypto billionaires out there than anything right now still, but. Yeah, you know, the, the, this type of seasoned experience and wisdom, you know, comes along like once or twice in a generation. Yeah. And and, you know, you just don't get to replace them with the next guy because yeah. the next guy's the next guy doesn't have the same lens of experience.
0: That's right. It takes a long time. And, and like, you know, having lived through uh, really difficult periods, too. Right. That's where they gain that all of that experience. I mean, it was before this huge information age that we're living in and, you know, access to information. And um, some people thought that the way they did things were old school, but man, there's a place for sort of really deeply understanding businesses that I think a lot of people may have forgotten about. And those guys schooled us every time they could, when they came on about how important it was to understand what you're investing in.
1: Yeah, and and those are the guys that keep their head among the chaos. And when the chaos is happening, those are the guys that are are thinking really smart things to do and smart phone calls to make. You know, when the VIX is at thirty five, and that's why they get the big money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If if and if you're if you're listening to this and you're younger and you are not familiar with the moves that Warren Buffett made during the Great Financial Crisis, go look it up before then as well. But that guy, that guy came in and did some important things, but but he um he he made some really good deals in the process, um and you want to be in that kind of position is quite extraordinary, um, great stuff. Ah, uh, Tony, we are out of time, but it was fantastic to catch up with you. We got a lot to watch. Um, always appreciate your views. Love having you on.
1: Thanks, Maggie. There's was another great discussion on the markets, and um, we're probably going to be talking about these types of responses for a couple of weeks to come so time stamp us and let's see how we do
0: yeah exactly love it tony thanks so much thanks for all the great questions we will see you guys same time tomorrow in the meantime take care and good luck out there join over five thousand attendees for the largest ai event in asia super ai in singapore february 28th to 29th 2024 edward snowden benedict evans Balaji Srinivasan, and over 150 others will hit the stage, joining the industry's most influential minds to explore and unveil the next wave of transformative AI technologies. Singapore will become a vibrant AI hub for a week from February 26th to March 3rd, with over 150 side events that will make for unparalleled networking opportunities. Visit www.realvision.com Forward slash super AI for 20% off tickets with the code RealVision.